0: at your father and neglect your son. For we pray, the story must be told. told. If your lips are not yet wet, may you lick them and feel thine holy drool. Let the slickness on our chins reflect the image of the one who has begotten the stench of those before us. Let's be righteous together. Take my hand. I'll tug on yours if you tug on mine. Ha! We're twins in desire. The desire to squirm twice and whistle once. Ain't no fingers like mine. Nothing so slippery except oil. Five fingers showing. Now one disappears. Now two. Where are they going? Shh! You'll ruin the surprise. Next time you read, my boy, don't make such a disgusting pig of yourself. Your attitude stinks like the slop of pigs who lust to eat their wet, garbage-ridden shit. You have performed spectacularly, and so we respond... This story, must be told. this story must be told. An epistle from St. Peter's to Fuck Fuck titled Mercy and Condemnation. in the driveway, the driver hummed to gospel music in the black leather interior which was torn from drunk passengers and fouled with the sins of lewd couples. His humming drone rattled beneath the gospel hymn to which he listened with scholarly focus despite the early hour. His phone told him he was scheduled for a 5.50 a.m. pickup yet the numbers on the radio read 6.07. He was required to wait 20 minutes otherwise he would have left. The radio now spoke to him. It's him forgotten. Children of Christ, and we are all children of Christ. We live in trying times. Let me ask you a simple question. Of what do you see more? Of what? The preacher emphasized. Do you see more? On television, is it love, or is it violence? The driver ground his teeth, and his palms gripped the steering wheel. In schools, is it Bibles? Or is it guns? The hidden voice in the radio was drowned out by the driver's phone, ringing antiquated MIDI music. Hello, this is Brandon, he said into his phone, voice toneless but not unfriendly, effectless in that Midwestern way. I'm so sorry, we'll be out in two minutes. My alarm didn't go off, if you believe it. The driver seethed. The world was always questioning his beliefs. I believe... The man on the other line laughed and hung up. It was another eight minutes before they came outside. The front door opened, lighting the manicured stone path from the driveway to front door with a triangle of meager yellow. A young couple emerged, the woman with dyed hair and the man with groomed facial hair and obnoxious, irregular plastic glasses like tacky microwave doors. The woman hugged a person yawning in the door. The three took their time, laughing through a long goodbye. Brandon popped the trunk and opened his door to help with their large roller bags. The woman did not say a word, and the man did not look him in the eye, but entered the car before the woman had even passed over her luggage. In his head, Brandon imagined the preacher in the radio continuing. In your home, is it friends or strangers? In your heart, is it the Lord, or is it the devil? Brandon drove only 20 seconds before the woman began panicking. She tore through her handbag and said, "'Where's my phone?' "'I unplugged it for you.' "'But you didn't grab it?' the man sighed. "'Why didn't you grab it?' "'Excuse me, sir. Can you please turn around?' My wife forgot her phone. Without looking, Brandon cranked the wheel and the passengers slid in their leather seats. Jesus, huffed the man, and the couple shared a private look. Brandon saw every bit of it. Already back at the house, the woman tried to open her door, but could not. Brandon walked out, circled the car, and opened it for her. She ran out of the car, leaving the man inside. Back inside the car, Brandon watched as the woman banged on the house's front door. He had never touched a woman except his mother, and that was only when she was sleeping. Is it virgins, or is it prostitutes? What airline? He asked the man. Funjet? Where are you traveling? Home. (laughs) Big city. Brandon said nothing. You ever been? I do not travel. It is a rush. Tons of shit going on every night. Clubs, primo restaurants. (laughs) Man, you should see the trim. Brandon said nothing. You like her? Your wife? The man laughed. (laughs) Oh no, that's just a joke we have. We aren't married. He licked his lips. So, uh, you like her? Brandon said nothing. All right, to be real, man, I was lying when I called earlier. We had been up for like an hour. <laughs> we just we just had to get a quickie in. You know, I bumped that ass, man. Mm, he mimed. Mm, mm, mm. Brandon said nothing. He heard the man's voice the way he heard the devil's voice. Sweating, nervous, behind his shoulder like a cartoon morality play. You lied to me? Brandon asked the man. (laughs) I'm telling you now, bud, he laughed, raising his fist to bump Brandon's in good sport. You lied to me, Brandon muttered inaudible. He should have known the devil was a trickster. His breathing grew heavy. Bud, you okay? Jesus, I was just joshing you. Brandon said nothing. What? Don't tell me you're one of those guys who don't talk about sex. Lose that Puritan shit, I'm telling you, is a huge turnoff. It's inappropriate, was all Brandon could manage. Yeah, around kids, maybe. It's just us fellas, right? Come on, you know, nothing new to anyone. <laughs> Brandon was silent. Bud, oh, come on, you're... You've had sex, Right? The blood vessels warmed in Brandon's ears, and he felt like he might have diarrhea any moment. He hummed the gospel to himself for grace, while the man cackled to himself. Suddenly, the door to the backseat opened, and the woman climbed in. Brandon fought his nausea and reversed out of the driveway. The car accelerated down the road. "'Sorry,' the woman said to the man as though Brandon wasn't there. "'I hope we make the flight.' "'Me too.' (laughs) That damn alarm, he winked at the rearview mirror. Behind him, the couple spoke in hushed voices, sharing secrets. Brandon kept flitting his eyes to the rearview mirror. He was sure they were talking about him. The man's hand seemed to gesture to the driver's seat, and then there was the briefest bit Brandon could make out for certain. Never? Never. But he looks like he's 40. The woman's eyes met Brandon's in the mirror, and she held in a laugh. The airport was 20 miles south, and Brandon drove the speed limit, much to the man's frustration. The decade-old town car circled on 469, took the exit for State Road 5, and from there followed signs for the airport. When a semi passed them on the left, the man spoke up. "'Can you drive any faster?' Brandon said nothing. "'Hey, excuse me. We're gonna miss our plane.' Brandon said nothing. Hey, all right, listen, fuckhead, give it a rest. The woman cradled her head from a hangover. The man stewed. I wasn't the one who forgot their fucking phone, he said. Finally, on the right side, the man saw the airport control tower come into view, and the signage directed travelers to the departing flights. It was a small airport for a small city, and to the left and right, cornfields hugged the tarmac. The car approached the turn and then drove right by it. The woman waited a moment, thinking the driver would realize his mistake. He didn't. Excuse me, she spoke over loud to the driver's seat headrest. You missed the turn. Brandon said nothing. His foot eased down on the gas, and now the car was accelerating well past the speed limit. Hey, the man shouted, for it was his turn again. "'Dipshit! Airport back there! Where you going?' Brandon said nothing. "'It's 6.45,' the woman groaned. "'Turn around! Hey! Hey!' The man kicked the back of Brandon's seat, shouting in his devil's voice. The woman could see the fear in Brandon's eyes, the anger bottled up in his shoulders and his white knuckles gripping the steering wheel. "'We're sorry,' she tried." We don't mean to yell. We just have to make this flight. He lied to me, was all Brandon told her. Behind them, the control tower disappeared among the cornfields and the dead trees. What did you say to him? the woman asked. I didn't say anything, the man swore. His emotions turned quickly then. Listen, please, please, hey, just let us out. Please, hey, hey, you motherfucker, this isn't funny! Let us out! What do we do? The woman's voice shook from the back seat. I'm taking care of it, the man said, lifting his phone to his ear. Brandon pressed down harder on the gas. Yes? Yes, hello. Yes, uh, my name is Sebastian Cartwald, and I'm... Hello? Brandon took an erratic turn down a dirt road, and the luggage pounded the roof of the trunk like bodies trapped within. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Yes, please send help. Uh, we're in a car and the driver. Hello? Hello? He put the phone down and dialed the three numbers again, all the while kicking the back of Brandon's seat. The car bumped and rose and fell as it tore down the dirt road. There were only farms nearby, with fields miles long stretching to the pinpricks of houses far away. Brandon pulled the car to a dusty halt. At once, the couple tried for the door handles, but neither could open the door. Let us out, the woman said, crying now. Please. Brandon turned the dial on the radio, and a triumphant gospel song of choir and organ filled the car with the Lord's praise. Brandon hummed along until it wasn't enough. With full chests of pumping air, he sang out in toneless melody. I dropped down to my knees, hoping I'd get help from above. Bowing my head, I said a prayer, and the Lord sent me his love. Outside, in the rising golden dawn, the car rocked to and fro. Within, a woman screamed, and the windows grew obscure with the syrup drips of fresh blood. The screaming did not cease, nor the rocking. The right back seat window then lowered, and a woman's arm, dripping in red, clawed from the narrow crack for the outside door handle. Arm crooked, she pulled it up, and the door burst open. She fell from the car arm tangled with the window, and made a clumsy break for freedom. The tears commingled with her lover's blood, so that her face ran with watery red like she had spilled punch. On wobbling knees, she walked and fell among the weeds and tall, pale grasses and cornstalks whose seeds had blown into the dirt. She was 20 feet away when the driver's side door opened, and Brandon emerged like an insect from a bloody chrysalis. His arms were dripping up to the elbow, and his face dripped with sweat and faint juggeral spray. He caught up to the crying woman, and, the devil silenced, he could comfort her. His hands grabbed her ankles and tugged her backwards into him until she was cradled like a nursing child in his lap, a Jesus to his Mary. We each have a devil in our lives, he said, wiping her lover's life from her eyes. We must cry out to them, lest they persuade us. We must fight them and scratch out their eyes and cease their vile, bloated lungs. He turned his eyes to the heavens, those constellations fading with the eager dawn. Of what is there more, mercy or condemnation? He looked back to the car. Lies or truth, he looked to the weeping woman. Love or fear, she sat in his arms, quaking from the terror she had seen him commit. Love, she said without any air. Brandon let her go and lowered her on the ground. He returned to the car and sat inside. He waited for the woman to flee before he turned the car back on he would need to visit the car wash. The woman missed her flight. The story must be told. Chomp thy tongue to little bits, for we are merry in the seizures of the story, and lifeless without their traumatic tremors. Thank you for listening to The Story Must Be Told. We are proud to be hosted on the Last Podcast Network, lastpodcastnetwork.com. Check us out on Twitter at TSMBTpod. We got poetry up there. And on Instagram, where we got artworks. This was a Post Everything production. PostEverythingProductions.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe. Like us. View us, love us, just a little bit. And I'm going to do that alternate ending real quick. Yeah. Of what is there more? Mercy or condemnation? He looked back to the car. Lies or truth? He looked back to the weeping woman and offered his final ultimatum. Crocroa or prepsy she sat in his arms, quaking from the terror she'd seen him commit. "'Oh, well, certainly, crocroa," she said without even a thought. "'Oh, well, that's right,' the man said. "'Oh, Kro-Kroa has that sweet, tasty, healthy aroma, the way it g-g-g-g-gurgles down your mouth.' Now the woman was into it, suddenly affected by his effortless charisma." Oh wow, you're right! I love a crisp cu k- 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 nicotine filled crocroa. Well then pop this on back in your gullet. He grinned, tossing her a cool one, dripping with the blood of her lover mm pop she popped it off and gl- 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 took it down and together they were new lovers wow nothing like the crisp taste of some effervescent liquid to bring us together the lord promised us crocroa and that's his gift to us i love the lord i do too because he made crocroa crocroa what a taste s so so up on it eager the story must be told